Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. This week, we are looking ahead. I'm Jeff Braun. Yes, we're looking ahead to our most anticipated movies and shows of 2024. Dune was my favorite movie of 2021, so I'm very excited for this year's part two. My allegiance is to you. Do you believe me? Your father was a weak man. He believed in the rules of the heart. But the heart is not meant to rule. I am Paul Atreides! You come a racket! And I will do what must be done. Dune, rated PG-13, only in theaters, March 1st. Dune Part 2, and I'm assuming there's only going to be two parts, but I don't know for sure. Haven't read the books or watched the David Lynch movie, so it's all new to me. I would like to know before settling in to watch Dune 2 in March if it is going to be wrapped up at the end or not, but whatever. They sneakily didn't call that first one Part 1, so it came as a surprise for a lot of people that there was no proper ending. At any rate, it's dystopian fun in the sand, and director Denny Villeneuve knows how to make it look good. Just about every frame of part one look like a work of art so we'll find out how dune 2 is in march 1st and i'm just looking now i just googled will there be a dune 3 while you were talking i thought it was just going to be two and uh, there's a screen rant article here from just a few days ago january 19th that says fortunately villeneuve has announced plans to make a dune Trilogy. Oh. And the headline is why Dune 3 is even more the important than part 2. So, And why can't they figure this all out before they show us any of them? I, I know. <laughs> I, I always thought it was just going to be two movies, but right. I guess now it's going to be uh, a third. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't watch the first movie that came out. I have not read the books. And as I said to you, I did not like this movie nearly as much as you. No. Just because of the aesthetic, and I get it, it's right there in the name. It's called Dune. It implies it's all sand. But I think I would like to try to see this on a big screen because I feel like that would have enhanced my experience. Absolutely. I know you loved it. Didn't you see it? Did you see it twice? I did see it twice. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to watch it the, the first one again before I go see the second one because I can't remember any of it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, also out in March, the next one on my list, it's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. For the first time in New York history, people froze to death in the middle of July. What is it? The death chill the power to kill by fear itself. Your veins turn to rivers of ice. Your bones crack. And the last thing you see is your own tear ducts freezing up. Like, literally scared to death? (laughs) So cool. I think there have been enough Ghostbusters movies now that we don't have to be so precious about new ones coming out. If anyone is still under the impression that these things will hit the heights of the original, they deserve the disappointment coming their way. Because the truth is, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, and Ghostbusters Afterlife are all fine. None are great, none are terrible. I think they're just fine. Uh, The Jurassic Park series operates similarly. And Frozen Empire will probably be fine too. It's still exciting for me though. The trailer makes it look like we get quite a bit of the original Ghostbusters, but maybe that's just 
just a trailer trick. Nevertheless, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, and the kids were very watchable in Afterlife, so I'm excited to see another adventure with them, and I think we're all glad they're back in New York City for this one. Frozen Empire opens March 22nd. I was, was When I saw the first trailer for this, my reaction was, good lord, this looks like super violent and horrible. Yeah, all, as I've been saying, it's like, in any of those first four Ghostbusters movies, do people ever die in those? I don't think so. No, like the old librarian in the first one, she just gets scared half to death. And, you know, yeah, like even the people that get taken over by the big wolf monsters turn back into people at the end. So, yeah. So I, 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 this one's just like people just dying in the streets. It's like, what? Unless they're being, they're frozen, like just frozen in carbonite. Yeah. So to speak. Like Maybe when, once they thaw, they're back to normal. Yeah. Who knows? They break the curse and or, they're, they're all released from their frozen or hell. At the, at the end, there's some time travel thing and it reverts back to before they died and oh, everyone's oh, just man. alive. <laughs> Maybe they'll call up the, uh, <laughs> they'll call up the slime from Ghostbusters yeah. 2 to melt all of the ice. That's funny. <laughs> and that's why Brett and I don't write movies. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, excited might not be the best way to describe how I feel about the next movie on my list, Brett. Maybe more like cautiously optimistic or even simply curious. It's Beverly Hills Cop 4 coming to Netflix. I'm sorry, sir, but there are no rooms available. Don't you think I realize what's going on here, miss? Who do you think I am, huh? Don't you think I know that if I was some hot shot from out of town that pulled inside here and you guys made a reservation mistake, I'd be the first one to get a room and I'd be upstairs relaxing right now. But I'm not some hot shot from out of town. I'm a small reporter from Rolling Stone magazine that's in town to do an exclusive interview with Michael Jackson that's going to be picked up by every major magazine in the country. I was going to call the article, Michael Jackson is sitting on top of the world, but now I think I might as well just call it, Michael Jackson can sit on top of the world just as long as he doesn't sit in the Beverly Palm Hotel because there's no allowed man excuse me sir it seems that we do have a, a last minute cancellation uh there is a room available it's a suite but uh, i'll only charge you the single room rate thank you i'm sorry i got upset it's probably from jet lag or something i'm very tired Classic Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop 1. There are no clips yet to be had from Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, is there any way this new Beverly Hills Cop movie will be good? History would suggest no. Eddie Murphy's had an interesting career. Few people were hotter than he was in the 80s, and fewer people grew colder than he did 15 years ago or so. He even stopped making movies for like a decade because he said every script he got was just terrible. But he's been pretty busy the last couple of years. We've already had a sequel to Coming to America that was fine. He just had a Christmas movie on one of the streamers that was not very good, so it's not like he's returned to the heights we've seen him hit. Nevertheless, Beverly Hills Cop is probably his biggest movie ever, and the sequel will draw a lot of eyes. The first one's a classic. The second one really is, too. The third one from 1994 is brutal. I've only seen it once, and I was very excited because I actually saw one of the hot sets while they were shooting it when I was on the tour at Universal Studios in 1993, and then I was kind of crestfallen when the movie was a turkey. I've forgotten everything about that movie. I'll have to rewatch it before this new one just in case it matters and to see if it's as bad as I remember. No release date yet for part four, which is technically called Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. It is expected on Netflix sometime in the middle of the year. Couple of things. So that's so we're over two on watching live sets in action for threequels. Yes. You got Beverly Hills Cop 3, and for me it was The Hangover 3. That's right. I was in, I just happened to be in Las Vegas, and uh, they had shut down the road. To shoot the movie. It was like 1 in the morning or 2 in the morning, I don't know. And they were shooting a scene from The Hangover 3, and it was one of the neatest experiences 
I've ever seen because it was one of those scenes where they're in a car and they're driving sort of through like the, the side traffic that's coming from、oh, through、yeah. the intersection. And the precision that all of the stunt drivers involved, like there were a hundred stunt drivers, they would shoot the scene. And then h u n d r e d cars simultaneously would back up in like to exactly where they were before in perfect precision. It was so cool. Interesting. And then the scene, which took them hours to shoot, was on screen for like two seconds. Yeah. And I thought that's a lot of work for very little. And the movie sucked. I've still never seen it because you were so down on it.、Oh. I was like, nope. I already didn't like the second one. So I was like, nope, sorry. And、uh, something for you for when you get home. There is a teaser trailer for Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. Oh, really? Yeah, it came、That's、out、good. about a month ago. Just sort of slid. Probably came out right, like, right around Christmas. And yeah, every,、okay. you know, everybody was busy. Like one of my, my buddies texted me. I thought, why are they releasing this today?、Okay. I, it looked okay. It looked okay. All right. So, look into it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's、uh, find out what else is on Jeff's list in a moment. And it, actually, it's, this is a good reminder that I still have to watch the last one in this series. We'll get to that in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're talking about our most anticipated movies and shows of 2024. We've already talked about Beverly Hills Cop 4, Dune 2, and Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, the next movie on my list. I love the Planet of the Apes movies, and there's a new one coming out. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes will be the fourth in the modern series. Of course, it all began in the 60s with a novel, then the original series of five movies, and the terrible 2001 Tim Burton remake. And then this modern series starting in 2011 and consisting of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. And now we get Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I didn't even know they had made another one until I saw the trailer in theaters a few weeks ago, and my jaw done dropped.、Uh, the movie is set 300 years after the last one, so it's all new monkeys, I guess, unless they've learned how to live forever, but I doubt it. The ape civilizations are thriving. Humans have regressed into a feral state, according to the Wikipedia page. Looking forward to whatever kind of monkey business they're coming up with here. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes opens May 10th. Still haven't seen War for the Planet of the Apes. Looks like it's on Disney Plus. Very good. I like that trilogy. Yeah. I, I don't know why I never got around to watching that third one because I loved Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I loved Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And War looked great. And I seem to recall you giving it a loving review. Yep. It's just one of those things where. The pile just keeps getting bigger and you leave things behind. And I think it probably came out in the middle of some like legit Marvel madness, kind of, you know what I mean? Like a summer movie, but there w a s too many other really, really big movies that it kind of just got dwarfed by them. Probably. And、um, the fifth movie on my list of the five that I'm most excited about, it's in post production. And I know the director works quickly and efficiently, so I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that Clint Eastwood's Juror Number Two will come out in 2024. Being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, you could ask yourself a question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You're wanted, Wales. You a bounty hunter? Man, he's got to do something for a living these days. Diane ain't much of a living boy. Most pictures that I've done, I've had no idea whether anybody would ever want to see them. I figured I'd like to see it. Go ahead. Make my day. 
couple of the classic lines from Clint Eastwood over the years. I don't know if juror number two will have any classic lines. Here's what we know about the plot. Nicholas Holt plays a juror with some kind of information that could tilt the murder trial he's involved in one way or another. Movie also stars Zoe Deutsch, Leslie Bibb, Tony Collette, Chris Messina, Kiefer Sutherland, and J.K. Simmons, among others. Notably not on the cast list is... Clint Eastwood himself, he was the star of his last couple of movies, The Mule and Cry Macho, even at his advanced age, which is into the 90s now. Uh, I think maybe he's done with the acting part of his career, although you can never count Clint out. And I can't imagine he has a lot left behind the camera either, so each new movie kind of becomes a little bit more special because it could be his last one. He's always been a good director, and frankly, if he chooses a good story to tell, the movie usually turns out well. This is a courtroom thriller, so I'm very in, and again, assuming that juror number two will come out sometime this year. I'm just curious to know if it has anything to do with this. Hey, I gotta miss an hour of rehearsal today because I just found out from my publicist I've been booked on The View. Oh, Jenna, that's great. For the first time in your life, you'll be in a room full of women and you'll be the least crazy one. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know what, Clip? You should show MTV Darfur. You and Tracy were really funny in that. Oh, this isn't for TGS. It's for my movie. The Ruhr Juror has a limited release next week. Thirty Rock, the rural juror. The rural juror—that's a hard <laughs> one to say. <laughs> uh, the stuff they came up with in that show—that's ter- terrific. But this sounds great. I, I had not heard of this one. All right, so those are five movies that Jeff is looking forward to. One of the movies I'm looking forward to this year is actually out this weekend. It's called Argyle. Who are these people? Real-life spies. I'm a writer. Why would they care about me? Because you're a fortune teller, Ellie. What you wrote in your Argyle series turned out to be real. And now actual spies are after you. It's time to meet the real Agent Argyle. Oh, my God. Argyle. Only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Bryce Dallas Howard plays a writer of a big, famous spy novel series. And as we heard in the clip, somehow the things she wrote in her books have come true. So now the bad guys are after her because they think she's some sort of a fortune teller. When her books are portrayed on screen, Henry Cavill plays Argyle. John Cena plays his teammate. Dua Lipa plays their nemesis, Lagrange. And the real-life characters are played by Catherine O'Hara, who plays Dallas Howard's mom. Brian Cranston plays the bad guy. Sam Rockwell plays a good guy. Samuel L. Jackson plays another good guy. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn, who's directed a lot of movies we like, including the Kingsman series, and it looks like there's another one coming in that series. The first kick-ass movie, X-Men First Class, and Stardust. Remember Stardust, Jeff? Yep, that's a great movie. We loved that movie. Oh, yeah. Did we both give it the sectional? Yes, I think it's the first time we both gave a movie the sectional. Five couch cushions out of five, just super imaginative and unique. And he's Vaughn has also produced a bunch of movies, including Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch. So anyway, the point is, those are all fun movies. He knows how to have fun. This one looks terrific. It's an Apple production, by the way, so presumably this one will land on Apple TV. Plus, once it is done in theaters, but... uh, That's why I'm going to go see it in the theater, so I don't have to get the Apple TV Plus. (laughs) (laughs) Still holding out on the Apple TV Plus. And um, for this next one, 
I'm going to step aside from movies for a moment because one of the projects I'm most interested in this year is a limited series coming soon to HBO or Max, whatever you want. Kate Winslet stars in this one. Since I became your chancellor, we have grown considerably as a country. It is time to show America and the world precisely what we are worth. Okay, so before I tell you what this is and what it's about, because we only have a few seconds here, uh, did you watch her last show, The Mayor of Easttown? I did not. Um, it's on my list of things to watch. It's like very high on the very short list of things I actually, actually seriously want to get to from the last few years. So yeah, not yet. So that's another HBO show. This is an HBO show. That was excellent. And I think you'd like it because it's bleak <laughs> and it's yeah. dark and it's super serious. And it, I love Kate Winslet. Yeah, it's not fun at all, but she is terrific in that show. And she looks potentially even like this looks like it could be uh, an all time great performance from one of the all time great actors. So we'll get more into that. Up next, you are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. We're just taking a look at some of the stuff that we're excited about for 2024. And I just, a few moments ago, played a clip from a new show starring Kate Winslet, and it is called The Regime. The series depicts a year within the palace of a crumbling authoritarian regime in Europe, and it looks sensational. Kate Winslet plays the chancellor of this fictional Central European country whose position is threatened by domestic turmoil. Martha Plimpton plays the U.S. Secretary of State, and Hugh Grant is the leader of the opposition who is imprisoned, and that triggers large-scale public protests. But mostly, I'm just excited for Winslet's performance, which looks like I mentioned yet another award winner, potentially the best of her career. I mean, she's terrific in everything she does, but she looks like she's really having fun in this role. I do apologize to you. Not to me, you hog. Apologize to my people. Without cruelty, stinking. There are times when one must choose the hardest road. Come on! It starts on March 3rd. You'll be able to watch that on HBO and Crave. When I became your chancellor, I did so with a heavy heart. But just know, you fill me with all the love I'll ever need. And so. I bless you all, and I bless our love, always. Only six episodes, Jeff, if you decide to get on that. I think Mayor of Easttown is only six as well. Yeah, i got to get on both of those shows, I think. Six or seven, I can't remember exactly. Um, And it's a limited series, whatever. Uh, That series, The Regime... Actually, I think kind of leads in nicely to the next movie I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to this reluctantly because there's a part of me that actually thinks it's kind of dangerous to be releasing this movie in an election year in the U.S. It's called Civil War. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I'm just aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. 
Yep, the U.S. has gone to war with itself, and Ron Swanson is the president. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. Bloody. Every time I survived the war song, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. Kirsten Dunst leads a team of journalists trying to travel across the country, which is now a dystopian dictatorship, and partisan extreme militants carry out political violence, like Jesse Plemons being rather creepy and scary here. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? So I think this looks great. It feels kind of like The Forever Purge, but with big, bigger stakes. The Forever Purge, a movie that I watched recently, that's where the, the Purge movies, if you're not familiar with those, that's where for one night a year, for 12 hours, all crime is legal. Everything, you can do whatever you want for 12 hours. All emergency services are suspended. And the idea is that it lets people blow off steam and get the bad stuff out. But really, it's just the government's way of purging the population. But after the purge ended in that one, there was a, a component of the purgers who just kept going. And it was an organized thing where they basically, it was essentially civil war. This one, obviously, with bigger stakes. I hope it turns out to be good and not just a good concept. It opens on April 12th. Are you excited about this one? Yeah, sort of the same way you are in that it's like, I hope it's as, as good as the trailer makes it look. Yeah. And not just, like you said, just a cool concept or something like that. Yeah. We'll see. Next up for me is another TV show, and it's another HBO show, season two of House of the Dragon. Errors were made in the hours following King Viserys' death. The war be fought. Many will die. And the victor will eventually ascend the throne. There is no war so hateful to the gods. There's a war between kin. And no war so bloody as a war between dragons. Now, I loved the first season of the Game of Thrones spin-off, which takes us back to before the events of Game of Thrones, when Westeros was ruled by House Targaryen. That house controls all the dragons in the land. The series chronicles the fall of House Targaryen, 
Who goes to war with itself? Another civil war. Season one was dark and delightful. The visuals were impressive. Season two looks to promise more of that. No specific release date yet, but they have confirmed summer of 2024. Also worth noting, no word yet on when we might see season two of Prime's Rings of Power. That's their Lord of the Rings show. It was airing at the same time as House of the Dragon in the fall of 2022. I'm hearing maybe late 2024 or early 2025. And on that front, Jeff, I think you and I were kind of on opposite sides of the coin, right? I like the Rings of Power more than I liked House of the Dragon. Yeah, and you were the other way around, so yeah. Yeah, so I'm pumped for this one. And one more movie I wanted to highlight that is set for release on July 26th. In a world divided by fear, one man must stand alone against the forces of darkness. From the studio that inexplicably sewed his mouth shut the first time comes five-time Academy Award viewer Ryan Reynolds as a man on an e-harmony date with destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you me, Deadpool. So get ready to blow out your collective sphincters because my trailer is coming tomorrow. Well, we don't actually know yet when the trailer is coming, but perhaps on Super Sunday, it's Deadpool 3, starring Ryan Reynolds and his buddy Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Now, that was a promo for the first Deadpool movie from 2016. The second movie came out in 2018, and now this year, it is the only movie on the 2024 calendar for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there are so many reasons why I'm excited about this. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, real-life good friends, Together on screen, that's cool. Hugh Jackman, back as Wolverine, also cool. And Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the MCU and Deadpool officially being part of the MCU. That's great. But I'm also excited because I think this could be the movie not that doesn't necessarily save the MCU, but hopefully puts it back on track because we've been saying with almost every Marvel project that's come out over the last couple of years, hopefully this is the one. Hopefully yeah. this is the one, and they and just keep dropping the ball. Unless it's a Spider-Man or a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it hasn't been the one. Yeah, and Guardians <laughs> like Guardians 3 was great, Yeah, but it, it was kind of like the end of the line for that chapter. Right, and it had little to do with the rest of the MCU. Yeah, so. so. Okay, what else? What are some honorable mentions? Yeah, we got some honorable mentions. A bunch of the ones that were on your list were on my honorable mention list, Argyle and Civil War and Deadpool 3. Uh, Godzilla X-Kong. Is that supposed to be Times Kong, or... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you take or Godzilla and multiply versus, it by Kong, yeah, you get a I, giant super monster. I don't know what that is, but that's those movies are fun, so I'm looking forward to a new one of those. Uh, Ryan Gosling stars in The Fall Guy, which was a TV show when we were kids that probably our moms watched more than we do because they had a thing for the guy who played The Fall Guy, <laughs> the $6 million man there. Um, Furiosa with Anya Taylor-Joy. That's a prequel to the Mad Max Fury Road. Um, sort of cautious optimistic about that uh, catching that kind of lightning in a bottle twice I think it'll be tough but hopefully it's good uh, Ballerina have you heard of that one? Yes the it's a John Wick spinoff movie starring Anna de Armas, so hopefully that's as good. Um, love her. I'm, yeah, but do we love her as much as we love Keanu as John Wick? Probably not. No. No. So we'll see. Maybe it's good. Uh, there's a sequel to Twister, so 
I don't know. Why not? Hopefully that's good. I doubt that it will be. The same goes for Gladiator 2, starring Paul Mescal and Pedro Pascal and Denzel Washington. Uh, it's weird that they're making a sequel to Gladiator 24 years later. I know. There you go. And then there's a couple uh, just based on the director. I have no idea. Barry Jenkins is making Mufasa The Lion King, which is a live action sequel to The Lion King live action movie from a few years ago. And uh, Bong Joon-ho's new movie is first since Parasite, uh, Mickey 17. So have no idea what it's about, but I really liked his last movie, so we'll see. All right. Did you mention Joker 2? Joker 2. I did mention Joker 2. Okay, dang. All right. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with this entire list and just stuff that I... What else can I add to it? Roadhouse. Have you seen the trailer for that with Jake Gyllenhaal? I have not. I've only seen parts of the original Roadhouse, and I didn't care for it. Okay. Well, that's uh, <laughs> going to be a just a prime movie. They've also got another one. I think this was a prime movie called uh, Ricky Stenicki. I just saw the trailer for this the other day. Zach Efron and uh, two buddies. They for twenty five years they've been lying to their partners and wives and whatever that they're going they're going away to see their friend Ricky Stenicki. Oh, but this guy doesn't exist. So they hire John Cena, who plays an erotic, like jazz singer or something, or an erotic pop singer, to play Ricky Stenicki. But then he infiltrates their life, and they're trying to figure out how to get rid of him before he ruins all of their lives. So That's, that looks pretty funny. That does sound funny. And uh, so there's Roadhouse, Ricky Stenicki. Uh, Furiosa apparently is taking some flack for its use of CG because that Mad Max Fury Road was like ninety percent practical effects. Yeah, that was just. Crazy mechanics and stunt drivers in the desert. Yeah. Actually, the worst parts of that movie probably were when they used CG. L-O-T-R, Lord of the Rings, War of the Rohirrim. There's an animated movie that's set to come out this year. Uh, just going back to the untold story behind Helm's Deep, hundreds of years before the fateful war. So I can't wait to see that. Beetlejuice 2, Quiet Place, Day 1. And there you go. So lots of stuff to look forward to, and we can get more into the stuff that's coming to television. And up next, we want to tell you about the latest show that Jeff Braun has watched. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and Clive Owen has been a busy boy, hot on the heels of A Murder at the End of the World. He's back in another new series, this time as a star, and it's called Monsieur Spade. We have all heard the stories, what a tough guy you once were. I wonder, are they true stories? No one cares about that Sam Spade anymore. How do you do, Mr. Spade? Hello, Mr. Spade. How do, Mr. Spade? Je m'appelle Samuel Spade. Monsieur Spade is on AMC and on their streamer AMC+. Plus. You can also watch the first episode for free on Amazon and then decide if you want to catch up. That's what I did this past week. There are three episodes in right now. There are a couple of interesting aspects to this, one being the show itself and the other being the intellectual property or IP that it's based on. Let's start with that. The Monsieur Spade of the title is Clive Owen's character, Sam Spade. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because it's the same character that Humphrey Bogart played in the film noir classic, The Maltese Falcon. 
Falcon from the 1940s. Now, both that movie and this series are based on characters created by Dashiell Hammett's books and short stories. So it's old, really old intellectual property. And as we all know, Hollywood will do whatever it can to avoid coming up with something new and original and simply try to milk any previously known entity for all it's worth. Sometimes they go back 40 years and we get a Transformers movie. Sometimes they go back nearly a century and we get this Sam Spade series. As for the show itself, I think it's great so far. It comes to us from Scott Frank and Tom Fantana, both of whom have impressive resumes. Fontana's been in TV forever, going back to St. Elsewhere, where he wrote, I think, 90 episodes or something like that. And uh, Scott Frank is one of the best TV or best writers out there. He wrote the movies Logan, Minority Report, Out of Sight, Marley and Me, uh, The Lookout, one of your favorites, Brett. Yeah! Among many others. He also created The Queen's Gambit with Anya Taylor-Joy a couple of years ago, and now they've teamed up for this. Um, Fontana and Frank have. Private Eye, Sam Spade, rolls into the south of France in 1955, looking to deliver a young girl to her father following the death of her mother. That doesn't really work out as intended. The father's nowhere to be found, and so the girl is sent to an orphanage at a convent. Spade, meantime, falls in love and with with a woman in the community and retires there. Uh, and that's the introduction. The series is actually set eight years later in the 60s. Gone is his uh, P.I. fedora in favor of a more relaxed European sense of style befitting the times. But when push comes to shove, he's still an investigator and a bunch of stuff is about to hit that town. There's mystery and murder and drama and clues and killers and everything you'd want. There's some sleek style, some incredibly good writing from sort of the ratatat noirish dialogue that you'd expect from uh, like a Humphrey Bogart movie but also, you know, with the story structure and the way it's all unfolding, it's gripping stuff. Clive Owen is kind of perfect for it. I've always been a big fan of his. Uh, he was on that show, The Nick, for several years recently, and I found that show too gross to watch because it had all this old-timey surgery in it So because he played a surgeon. Uh, so I'm glad to be kind of getting back to getting back-to-back series with Owen now that I can actually watch. There's quite a bit of French in the show as well, so get ready for a mix of English and French with subtitles. And being a small town, we sort of get a lot of the locals, especially the local police, and you can imagine how much the local cop likes the private eyes past life coming to his tranquil little town and kind of causing this chaos that's there. There's been a lot of good mystery cop shows over the last couple of months, and they're all, you know, they all have their own thing going for them. So with Fargo, Reacher, True Detective, and now this, it's kind of boon times for fans of the genre, uh, and I'm one of them, so I'm, you know, happy as a pig in his own filth right now. It's good times. Monsieur Spade airing every Sunday night on AMC. One final note on Clive Owen. Do you remember when he was just the driver? The driver. Or the hire, I think, maybe. I don't know. He was the guy who drove the BMW in all those little short films. Oh, yeah. Like years and years ago. And I think that's essentially what sort of launched his career. And then he was in Croupier, and he was in the movie I Like a Lot, Cosford Park. Okay. So great to see him doing lots of cool stuff. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.